the other game I think where the fun really starts is in Pullman. The fun began and ended in Pullman with that Washington State, Oregon State, DFS catnip of a game. And I hope you listened here at Swipe Right Sports. It is your sports pod hookup. I'm your host, Bobby Adcock, because I was all in on that game. And, uh, you know, what else can really make a game with just two mediocre Pac-12 teams on a random Saturday night? You know, basically one of the greatest four-hour stretches of my life. It was, uh, it was, it was great. Uh, uh, so yeah, look, um, we did the Friday night contest and the Saturday afternoon contest in the last pod. And right now, as I said, I am going to knock out a quick breakdown of the Saturday night contest on DK. And let's not waste any more time and get right into it. Okay, welcome in. We have the typical DK night contest of a seven-game board. And as I like to do, to look at the games up front and go, okay, what games, just based on kind of the Vegas projection, game flow, and over-under, I'm just going to start eliminating teams and get it out of here. So we're going to shrink this down from 14 teams, 7 games, to even less. So first, Iowa State, Kansas State, FSU, and Florida, they're out. Um, over-under of 46 in the ISU-Kansas State game. I think Brees Hall is still playable, but... Just not a, a, a nice game script for him to maybe have a, a great game and maybe worth that price. Maybe the only consistent playable uh, guy in Kansas State is uh, the quarterback. His name escapes me at the moment, but other than that, you know, Malik Knowles is kind of touchdown dependent. Even James Gilbert, the running back, is just uh, very inconsistent, unreliable. And their quarterback, again, I, I would like to know his name. But this is why I ignored him. I don't even care about his name. Um, but he he actually gets a lot of the rushing touchdowns. He's like a poor man's Ellinger over there at Kansas State. So we're out. They're done. Uh, FSU Florida also out. I As much as I like um, maybe a nice softer matchup for the Florida offense, and, and I think maybe Trask is okay here. Uh, they're kind of like Georgia with the passing game. There really isn't a very consistent, reliable um, receivers in the passing game that you can count on to probably – outperform or make worth their investment. Uh, and then in the backfield right now, it's just a mess. I like LaMichael Perrine a few back, a few weeks back against Vandy, and something seemed to just shift there where they're, they got three, four guys carrying the ball, and I don't know what to make of it. So, uh, yeah, he's like 6,100, so it, not interested there. Um, and then a game where Cam Akers has just a, a really tough matchup, even though I think he's a very good player, uh, this is one of those matchups where I think it gives you an easy decision to kind of just bypass him. He's, he's a really expensive price still because he is a highly productive in the other softer matchups in the ACC. But right here in the swamp against Florida, uh, I just i am not liking it. So uh, they're out. So that's one. Uh, number two here, uh, Colorado, they're out. 
They have a game script uh, over under. So Utah minus 28 over under 49. That schedules for them for like a 40 to 10-ish type game. You're looking at maybe one offensive score for Colorado. So even though there is some explosive players on that offense, we see this all the time where these guys go up against the Utah, Oregon, uh, Washington, who have the tougher defenses in that conference, and they just kind of they fall apart and they, they don't show up. So um, out on Colorado. That said, on the other side of that game uh, for Utah, Zach Moss uh, everywhere. Uh, I, I want him in there everywhere. He's been consistently in these Pac-12 matchups, getting in the mid to high 30s, uh, and I see no reason why he can't get that here again in a, against a, just a very bad defensive team in Colorado. So um, other than that, Utah, uh, you know, you want to play Huntley, their quarterback, that's fine. I think he can uh, get you some value, but everywhere else is just up in the air. So I, it's kind of Moss or bust in that game for me. And that takes us to LSU and AM. AM out. I don't want any part of it. They're looking at a, a line in that game where LSU is minus 17 over under of 64. This looks like, you know, somewhere in the 40s or, uh, you know, low 40s, mid 40s for LSU, and then, you know, maybe low mid 20s for AM uh, from the Vegas projection. So, um, look, I think if you want to play AM guys, um, I think you're almost relying on maybe some garbage time touchdown. I'm just, I'm not that interested. I, I think LSU is going to do to them what they do to everyone, which is just uh, pretty much overwhelm them with offense and uh, take them out of any sort of, you know, reasonable game plan where they want to execute anything and they're just going to be uncomfortable so no thanks for AM. Um, and lsu pretty straightforward they cost all the money so there's no uh nothing special to talk about here we know who all the guys are right burrow chase uh ceh my boy clyde edwards hilaire he's actually finally priced to a point where uh where he should be really he's been around that six thousand dollar range most of the year and now he's appropriately at a price where it's really hard to kind of uh, corral all these LSU players in the same lineup. You can do it, but you got to get pretty creative. So, but yeah, LSU, all systems go as usual. N nothing more there. Uh, and let's get to number four, Navy at Houston, my uh, American athletic conference games that you know I love. And, um, you know, if you've read me or uh, listened to the podcast, it's pretty well documented that uh, I don't really have a life. And the good thing about that is, is, I get to watch a lot of these American Athletic games, and I've talked about that Trayvon Bradley pick. He's the minimum price the last couple of weeks, and how I, I like him as a building block piece because of the price, and I think he has a zero-proof floor. Well, I got to watch that Houston-Tulsa game last week just to see him live and see what's going on. Is he in the game? Like, how do they use him? And I was actually uh, pleasantly surprised that he is on the field majority of the time almost every snap offensively he is in all their uh two wide receiver sets and he's split out wide now depending on you know who they're playing the game plan and how good or bad clayton tune might be they might not uh really hook up a lot but he did get two passes nothing special i think it was like 17 yards or something like that but i think he is that guy who because he's on the field and i, I saw it with my own eyes i went okay i can i can count on this guy for a zero proof floor just insert him he does so much help for my cap that uh, I'd like to start my lineup out with someone like him. And before the last two weeks, he was consistently getting targeted on big plays. And you know, if, if he gets one of those, he pretty much makes your day uh, for for what he costs. So uh, I'm liking that there. And then other than that, uh, 
you know, Marquez, um, what's that guy's name for Houston? Uh, Stevenson, I believe, and the wide receiver. He's always a nice value play for them. And uh, Navy, it's pretty much Malcolm Perry uh, or Bust there. So uh, pretty straightforward. But I, I wouldn't, um, you know, be be afraid to pay play uh, Malcolm Perry at all. Uh, he's fine there. They're a nine point favorite with an over under fifty eight. So I think this is a game where you're going to still see um, plenty of good game script for Navy and uh, also for the Houston passing game. So if you want Marquez Stevenson and my uh, Trayvon Bradley uh, sneaky dart throw play you can do that uh, let's get on to the next game which is UNC at NC State North Carolina this this uh, rivalry week game they are a ten and a half point favorite over under of 56 couple guys I have a lot of interest in this game the one obvious one I think for North Carolina is Daz Newsom. He's right around that average price. And I think he just has that, you know, very solidified role as the top playmaker in that offense in the passing game um, and, and consistently getting around double digit catches, um, if not exceeding that. So a very, very high floor for a guy who doesn't, you know, cost, not going to break your bank, right? He's right around that average price. So um, really uh, like Daz Newsom here in this spot. Uh, against a, a softer opponent in NC State. Speaking of NC State, there's something of maybe a, a mispriced from DK here. I caught him again. Zonovan Knight. He is at 4,400. And over the course of the season, he's the majority shareholder in this backfield. Uh, they have Ricky Person actually priced higher than him, which it just doesn't make any sense. So, um, I think Zadavid Knight is good for 15 to 20 touches here, maybe with a little upside. Um, UNC is nothing to be, you know, right home about defensively. I don't see why he can't do a little bit of damage with the workload he generally will get. So I like Zadavid Knight a lot as a uh, building block piece here, uh, kind of uh, kind of a missed price here. He should probably be more, I would say, in the, the mid-5,000s range. Uh, that would be what he has been most of the time this year. So... Um, yeah, that was kind of my thoughts there on UNC and NC State. And then finally, kind of like we talked about Oregon State and Washington State last week, I think it, it just begins and ends in Stillwater with the Sooners and their awful defense against Mike Gundy and uh, Chuba Hubbard. So the big thing here is Drew Brown uh, factor for Oklahoma State. He is not been adjusted for his price and still sitting at 4,900. And look, he got two touchdowns last week in that start uh, at West Virginia, ended up with around 14 points on DK. So we talked about all year this Oklahoma defense, they're just not good. Uh, and they surrender points to even worse teams than this. And Gundy, no matter what, he always has a, a kind of just kind of a very simplified offensive game plan where it's easy for these guys to execute and he's just gonna you know hand the ball at Shuba a million times take shots downfield with Drew Brown and uh look he's I think even just being a starting quarterback against this Oklahoma team you get value um anyone can kind of do their uh just they can take advantage of this matchup they just haven't been good so I think at home at night they're gonna be ready 
And I think uh, Drew Brown is very playable in my mind. I think he can get you 20, 25 points, maybe with a little upside. So, um, and yeah, I think in general, uh, this game is Oklahoma minus 13. The over under is 69. I believe that is the highest total on the board. I'm hammering this game in every way I possibly can. Um, there's going to be hurts, you know, either easily getting both quarterbacks with Drew Brown so cheap. And then um, you get your Chuba, uh, you get Dylan Stoner for Oklahoma State, their receiver. He's cheap. Charleston Rambo right around Stoner's price as well for Oklahoma. He's at like 5,500. Um, he's been getting, you know, he's had like five, six catches the last couple games. So I think it's just a very nice script here for a lot of points. These games typically have a lot of points with uh, Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. So um, yeah, this is going to be the critical game of the night. And that is kind of the breakdown there. That's it. I've, I've covered every game I've wanted to cover and at least said, in or out on every game and uh, what my my uh, hot takes are. So let's talk about kind of where I am starting out with lineups and, and how I'm building. You can kind of guess just from listening, you know where I'm going for the most part. Uh, but look, Trevor Bradley, get that dart throw out there, minimum price, and go with Zonovan Knight, get him in there in a running back slot. And then Drew Brown in the quarterback slot. That will leave you at just above 7,500 remaining per player. Um, and again, after that, you take it anywhere you want. If you did a similar uh, foundation last week, what I talked about, and played that Oregon State game, uh, you had a ball. So um, that is it for the night slate breakdown. Good luck to everyone out there. I hope it was. I hope it will be beneficial. I hope. Um, Trayvon Bradley catches a bomb for a touchdown. Um, so until then, um, thank you for listening and we will see you next week. That's right. Trust in Mike Gundy and get some guy named Trayvon Bradley in those lineups. This is Swipe Right Sports. It is your sports pod hookup. I'm your host, Bobby Adcock. Thank you for joining me on this quick, condensed little night slate uh, preview on DK. Make sure to download, subscribe, rate, review on all your uh, favorite platforms. Throw a review out there on iTunes. You know, just say, hey, t t tell me it sucks. At least, you know, that's something. You know, I, sometimes I actually like getting made fun of. It's kind of a weird thing I can't really explain, but um, yeah. I'll have to think about that some more. Anyway, uh, we'll be back next week with the usual stuff. And uh, if you did not, or if you want some additional hot takes for the NFL and some gambling uh, ATS picks, go back to listen to episode 16 and fast forward to, uh, I don't know, right around the 40 minute mark or something. You can find it. You know what to do. And uh, Twitter, Instagram, at sports pod hookup um follow it there and follow me at real bobby adcock good luck everyone